On this week's show, we'll hear about how Jeep is being accused of following the footsteps of Volkswagen by altering emissions in some of their vehicles. That Takata airbag explosion last week has a ripple effect with Jeep, and we'll find out how. Tammy's got a touching story of inspiration. We've got some voicemails to share and a ton of your reviews. Josh also lets us know about an upcoming interview that you won't want to miss. We'll be talking transfer case swap options for the Grand Cherokees. Tammy's talking painting tips, and we've got some great off-road events to tell you about as well. It's all coming up on episode 244 of the Jeep Talk Show. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the G-Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back. Strap in. And brace First week in G. Well, it's Volkswagen all over again. No, don't worry. Jeep isn't making a Beetle throwback version of the Renegade. At least, God, I hope not. But the German (laughs) government has accused Fiat Chrysler automobiles of using a cheat device to switch off exhaust treatment systems. Oh, look at the pot calling the kettle black. In letters sent to the European Commission and the Italian Transport Ministry on Wednesday, and as seen by Reuters, Berlin said Germany found unusual increases in the emissions of four Fiat Chrysler vehicles. Findings proved the, quote, illegal use of a device to switch off exhaust treatment systems, unquote, the letter said. He said that she said that one person did something that somebody said might be bad or something. An FCA spokesman said today that the automaker's cars conform to current emissions rules and do not contain any defeat devices. The commission, meanwhile, said that it is respons- it's, it is responsibility of the Italian authorities to remedy wrongdoings. The German test found a special nitrogen oxide catalyst, which is being switched off after a few cleaning cycles. The affected vehicles include the Fiat 500X and Jeep Renegade small SUVs, platform siblings along with the Fiat Doblo car-derived van. The engine in question is Fiat's latest 2.0-liter diesel, and if this is an egg on your face, I don't know what is. In May, the German transport minister criticized FCA for not showing up for a meeting to discuss the emission irregularities, irregularities of its diesel vehicles. But the Italian transport minister said in June that the Fiat diesel engines had been tested and found to comply with emissions regulations. So a lot of this is just finger-pointing, tattletailing, and I'm going to tell Dad on you and you're going to get in trouble. Well, what happens Hi. when an entire truck of airbags violently explodes? Well, it wipes out a freeway and just about everything around it. Jeep has had plenty of recalls, there's no denying it. Although this particular recall doesn't affect FCA or Jeep directly now, there's a good chance it may later. So, what are we talking about here? Well, of course, it's the question of whether or not the chemical compound at the center of the largest automotive recall in U.S. history is safe or not. Can you guess which way my vote is going? Last week, a truck carrying parts to embattled airbag manufacturer Takata Corp's Mexican factory exploded, killing one and injuring four others. It all happened August 22nd on Highway 277 between Del Rio, Texas and Eagle Pass, Texas. The truck was carrying 14,000 cylinders of ammonium nitrate, the propellant linked to deadly airbag failures. I wonder just how nervous that truck driver was. The incident raises questions about the inherent instability of ammonium nitrate, or as some might call it, rocket fuel. The explosion created a blast crater that spanned the entire freeway and blew out windows in houses two miles away. On Wednesday, the NTSB said it had requested shipping and other documents in connection with the Texas explosion, which it said was caused after the truck failed to negotiate a curve and crashed into a house. The subsequent force from the explosion was so severe that a woman in a nearby house that was killed by this had to be identified by just her teeth found at the site. Initial indicators are that the materials were packaged properly, and NTSB spokesman Eric Weiss said, if a review of documents and other information shows cause to investigate, the NTSB will do so. The safety board will also assist if Texas state officials investigating the crash ask for help, he said. The Takata blast raises serious questions about the safety of transporting ammonium nitrate by truck across the country as tens of millions of recalled airbags are replaced. If nothing else, the incident shows there's a definite need to get completely away from ammonium nitrate. The U.S. Transportation Department said Monday it was looking at whether the trucking company Takata contracted to carry its airbag chemicals complied with federal safety regulations including how the cargo was handled and packaged, and even the route the truck took. The Texas Department of Public Safety is investigating the explosion, said Spokesman Lieutenant Juan Hernandez. There's no specific timetable to complete the investigation so far, 
The department hasn't found any hazardous materials violations, he said. So where does Jeep fit into all this, you might be asking? Well, Fiat Chrysler Automobiles, as of late June, has stopped using the type of Takata airbag inflator that is prone to spontaneously exploding for no good reason. Of course, there are still thousands of new and unsold vehicles using the non-desiccated ammonium nitrate inflators that do not yet fall under the current recall. Unsold vehicles that are so equipped will be identified for customers, the FCA says. These customers will also be advised where, that the vehicles will be recalled in the future, even though they are not currently subject to the current recall. Well, for this and all Jeep news, guys, be sure to subscribe to the show to stay up to date. And big thanks to all of you guys who continue to help out each and every week by submitting stories to This Week in Jeep. If you've got something you think we should be reporting on or you have a response to any one of our stories, please send us an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. Well, seeing how this uh, explosion took place, I have to do the Texan response. That blowed up real good. <laughs> well, unfortunately, there was a loss of life and yes. a lot of damaged property, not to mention the um, damage to the infrastructure in the area. Um, I mean, it is a tragic accident nonetheless, but when you are transporting things like, you know, rocket fuel and at a quantity of 14,000 cylinders of it, which are extremely volatile and subject to temperature changes, vibration and moisture. Well, you know, this just isn't exactly the most ideal way to transport this kind of stuff and certainly not in that kind of quantity. You know, and I'm glad you reported on this, Josh. Um, I I was under the impression, not paying that close attention to the news stories on television, that, yeah. that they were uh, that the, the truck was hauling a, a stack of airbags, <laughs> and that's what exploded. And that's I thought to what myself, I gathered yeah, too. and I'm thinking, oh my god! But I, but you know, we may have been led to believe that because it's it's more uh, interesting for the news to think, hey, say. that. That airbag that's in my steering wheel just inches from me could take out a small nation, a third Imagine world nation. That. Well. <laughs> the media not telling us everything. Yeah. Yeah. These are just the inflators. And so it wasn't the actual, you know, airbag housings, the bag itself, you know, the the part that you actually see on top of your steering wheel. It wasn't all that. We're talking about the raw elements that actually make up an airbag. And that's what was in this truck, amongst amongst other things. This by all stretch uh, stretch of the imagination was a horrible, horrible industrial accident. Uh, that obviously, uh, you know, took some life here as well. But um, it definitely takes this sort of thing, though, to really give us a wake-up call. You know, some people are calling this one of the the worst engineering decisions in automotive history, using basically what is rocket fuel to propel the airbags in our Jeeps and other vehicles. So, you know, where we go from here is going to be very interesting, especially um, with the results of what this latest investigation is going to is going to result uh, well, produce. Well, everything's about engineering and controlled uh, whatever. I mean, we, well, we drive it down comes the road. Down to the bottom line, too. Remember that. Yeah. Well, we drive down the road at seventy miles an hour, and we just take it for granted everything's going to work out fine, and we go off road, and and most of the time it works out great, and that's that's engineering and testing that does that. So, uh, I mean, you they use they tried using. Uh, uh, baking soda and vinegar, but they found that it was uh, <laughs> it was taking too long for the crash to be mixed. <laughs> they just didn't want to put the onus on the the, the driver, <laughs> so they had to use something that explodes quickly. But uh, yeah, no, I get it, and uh, great uh, great news story there, uh, and uh, just just amazing. I mean, it was when I saw that the Takata airbag explosion, I was like, holy crap, that's some serious stuff. Can you yeah. imagine if the airbag, the whole mechanism, had been there? The deaths would have been multiplied tenfold uh -oh. because of, of the, the the shrapnel. Just the shrapnel, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, really sorry about the loss of life, but this this thing is just insane. Uh, so many so many things to that can be said about this. What's up, guys? I'm Kobe. I'm Jason from Morgan Trail Off Road. You're listening to Jeep Talk Show. Listening to Jeep Talk Show, the number one Jeep podcast. At my mom's house. Jeep is off road. Jeep is about the journey. Jeep has a great story, a story that I want to tell. I'm a voiceover talent, and I'm going off road with a grassroots marketing campaign to voice for Jeep. Want to join me on the ride? I could sure use the company. Please tag Jeep. Post a link to kb4jeep.com. Add a message and use the hashtag MyJeepStory. Thanks, Jeep Talk Show, and your listeners for your support along this crazy journey. See you on the social media trail. 
You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Oh, you most certainly are. And the Jeep Talk Show is a proud member of the 4x4 Radio Network. Just visit 4x4radionetwork.com and learn more about the 4x4 Podcast, Center Steer Podcast, and Trail Chasers Podcast. And check this out, guys. All September long, all month long, we'll be having guest hosts here on the Jeep Talk Show. That's right. Fresh faces and fresh voices as well. We're going to keep who it is a secret until the last minute. So join us for a very special September with guest hosts on the Jeep Talk Show. Shut up and listen. Shut up. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut Man, up. Shut up, Shane. Hey, shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler talk. It's time for G-Mama. Hey, guys, as you know, I lifted my Jeep and got bigger tires, which means I'm going to be tackling some tougher trails. And with these tougher trails comes the potential for more damage to my Jeep. So I've been fortifying the undercarriage. And one of the things I just recently did was I bought some tougher differential covers. I bought the Riddler Manufacturing Dana 44 differential covers. And they're known to be the strongest around, and they're fabricated from high-grade iron, plus they're designed to have a lip-free smooth transition, which was one of my concerns with the diff covers I have now because the part of them stick out, which a rock could grab onto it and rip them right off. So anyway, my covers came with a bare finish, which allowed me to grind, prime, and paint. So my blog post the other day was my steps I took on how to paint my diff covers. And you can go over there to www.jeepmama.com to see some pictures of the steps I did. So my first step was... Um, grinding the smooth surf, the surface smooth. And I was able to do this at my work. We have all sorts of fabrication tools there, and it's so exciting because they're, the guys there can give me tips and show me how to use all these tools. So anyway, I got the big grinder out and um, smoothed it all flat. Then I cleaned the surface with some acetone, and I used the acetone at the shop. But you can buy acetone at your local hardware store. It's Home Depot, Lowe's, whatever you have. Then my next step was to prime the covers. And the best primer to use on a bare finish on the steel is an automotive self-etching primer. And I read once the primer is sprayed, you should use a tack cloth. And I didn't know what this was, so I went to Home Depot in the paint section and I found the tack cloth. And I was really hesitant to use this when I sprayed the self-etching primer on. I let it set for like, 30 seconds, and then I um, used the tack cloth and it smoothed the primer out really good. Anyway, I thought it worked pretty awesome. So then I put two coats of primer on. Then was the time to paint purple, my purple, my sumptuous purple. But I only had like half a can left, so I went to the store to get it, and it's been discontinued. (laughs) I could not find that paint locally, as I'm sure some of you may have known. So I put it out there on social media, and I was amazed at all the people who went to their local Lowe's, because that's who sold it, to try to find some. They were searching the internet for me. I got links sent to me. So I finally found the paint. I got eight cans now. Um, And I just would like to thank the wonderful Jeep community for helping me out find that paint. So then the the next step was to spray a couple of coats of the sumptuous purple. And then once that dried, I painted some black accents, um, the square and the letter R and the little skeleton face. Um, Now, some folks, I did about two, two or three coats of that. And then I did a clear coat, about four coats of that. Now, some folks suggested that I powder coat. And I'm told that powder coat is harder to repair than just the rattle can. So that's why I went with old rattle can. So now is the time to put these on. So I'm going to have to work my schedule out with CPO because he's going to help me um, put the diff covers on. So we're just hoping the temperatures drop and our schedules match. So... Um, we can start wrenching in the garage and put my new diff covers on, hopefully in time 
for um, the Women's Wheeling event coming up at Roush Creek in October, which I will be attending. And I've got myself a riding partner, and I'm really excited for that. So if you guys have any tips on painting or how to put the diff covers on, any suggestions you may have for me, please shoot me an email at info at jeeptalkshow.com and use the subject line Wrangler Talk. Well, you know, given an hour, you can do that stuff yourself. You'd be surprised how simple it is. The diff covers? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty, sure pretty it is, stuff. but it makes me nervous. No, I understand. That's why I'm telling you that it's really it's really very easy. So I know you would like to have those on before you go out, you know, to show oh. off a bit, especially with the work that you put into it. So yeah. if push comes to shove, uh, do it. it. It's not going to be a problem. It'll seal I'm up just I'm tempted fine. to do it myself. Hey, isn't, uh, couple, isn't there a pattern? Questions. Isn't there yeah. a pattern you have to do, Josh, to uh, tighten up the bolts? and? and uh, well, I was just going to give her a couple of, uh, of really quick tips. Oh, um, go ahead. First off, Tammy, uh, you, you do have new diff fluid to put in there once you put the new diff covers on, correct? Oh, it's on my list. Diff okay. fluid. I just wanted to make purple. sure you weren't planning on trying to reuse <laughs> the old, uh, no, no, old no. fluid. And if you were, I would say at, le at the very least, run it through a, uh, a paint strainer, mm -hmm. um, if nothing else. Uh, maybe even like a coffee filter, uh, just to you know, filter out any particulate. Anytime you drain fluid, I, I recommend against um, trying to reuse it unless you had just put it in there and you don't have any miles on it. That's one thing. Um, but, uh, you know, you've got a, you know, several thousand miles on that different differential fluid and probably don't want to reuse it. So definitely want to use new diff fluid. Also, um, as far as the bolts and, and the pattern and stuff goes, um, don't tighten down all your bolts right away. You know, you put them in finger loose, make mm -hmm. sure you catch a few threads, um, and then go around like you would, you know, with your, um, with your, with your, you know, changing a tire and just do it in a star pattern. And kind of just cinch them down really nice and easy at first until they're all kind of seated. And then go through and still in a star pattern, go ahead and tighten them down to whatever torque spec um, they, they say that you need to or, you know, nice and tight. Right. And that's what I learned with my um, rock sliders. There's only three bolts for those, but that's what I had to do for those. Otherwise, they wouldn't have, been put, they wouldn't have made it on. Mm -hmm. There you go. Yeah. So, and I meant to bring my diff cover to show you. We talked about this Tuesday. I know. And you were going to have oh. royal purple. <laughs> yes. And a little glass. I have. Uh, Why do we have these meetings? I know. <laughs> so, so I, maybe I could quick run out to the garage and get them while you guys do. Uh, yeah, we'll wait. I, I, I'm kidding. Don't, because oh. she'll, because she'll run off and do it, folks. <laughs> she's she's done it before. It. I've kidded and she's gone and ran and got something. <laughs> it's a live show, Tammy. I know. But, <laughs> You guys can talk and just let me run out in the garage and get them. Anyway, you can go on my Facebook page or my blog to see them, but they're really purple. Yeah, it's a nice job, uh, but that's a lot more work than I put into painting mine. They, they're going to get a really good time. They're going to get so nasty, very no, very quickly. But well, it's all about having fun. So yeah, uh, nicely done, Tammy. Nicely done. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? What do you talk about, man? Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? I got no idea what the heck. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Get out of my face, yo. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Underwater. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? In the bubble bath. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? No clue. And where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? While flexing on stumps. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? I would assume on the radio. The Jeep Talk Show, available on iTunes and at jeeptalkshow.com. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? Just uh, go over to 530-675-4102. Call us and let us know where you listen to the Jeep Talk Show. All righty. Well, this, we are chocked full of reviews tonight, folks. And I want to yeah. tell you thank you. I, I asked for some iTunes reviews. And boy, you guys delivered. And uh, we have some repeat offenders. I mean, repeat reviewers. <laughs> <laughs> not offensive no, at we, all <laughs> we definitely love the feedback guys and we're always uh look, making sure that we are getting that constructive criticism from you if it's so desired or, or needed and of course we always read every review not just the positive ones right? right so uh these are coming from itunes guys yes itunes definitely has blown up over the last couple of weeks got this one a five-star rating it says great podcast by basement tizzy 181 if you're into jeeps this is a fantastic podcast keep up the good work and we will definitely be doing that. What do you mean if you're into Jeeps? What else could you be into? I mean, 
<laughs> uh, I mean, uh, that's all the Pinterest is. That's all the girls like is, uh, is the Jeep stuff. So there you go. So this one is, and let's see if you can guess it just from the, the title, Me Like. Mm-hmm. Well, that's from Nikki G again on August 28th. He gave us a five stars and said, mm, Jeep Talk, good show. Hey, I'm not going to read this next one. Uh, uh-uh. Come on, Tammy. No. Uh-uh. Um, uh, yeah, but coming up on <laughs> something about something. Um, we uh, uh, Okay, this one's by Uncle. No, read the title. And you know how. Oh, red Jeeps are sexy. <laughs> hang on. Hang on. This is the way it's supposed to sound. Ooh, red Jeeps are sexy. All right. Okay. Clearly there's a typo. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, ooh, black Jeeps are sexy. Oh, uh, we won't um, go there. No, no. By Uncle Buck on August 31st. Um, gave us a five-star rating. He goes, Uncle I've been Buck! a fan of the podcast for a while now. And find it to be very entertaining and inf- informative. Keep up the good work. As shall we will. Indeed. And we got uh, here jumping over to the Twitterverse. General Patton at Grant Manor. At Jeep Talk Show. Heard you via iHeart tonight. Sounds yes. good. <laughs> that's right, folks. Yes, We're on iHeart right. Radio now. Yeah, it is official, folks. Um, as of this week, uh, we are on iHeart Radio. So... Uh, that is a massive accomplishment, and we are super excited and very proud of ourselves for uh, making it to that. Uh, and if you guys would like, make sure you head over to iHeartRadio and check us out over there as well, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Oh, real big quick shout-out to Rob over at Lipson because he's the one that sent an email to iHeart and, yeah. and got the got the grease on the wheels and got them turning And because uh, there's a lot of podcasts uh, over at Lipson that are still waiting to get on iHeart, so thanks a lot, yeah. Rob. Got yeah, a little bit of a personal touch, so thanks, Rob, for uh, taking the time and, and reaching out and taking care of uh, some of that red tape for us. Really appreciate it. Uh, this one, Tony, the Media Mart Man. Oh, that's right. At Jeep Talk Show, I want to come out and do a video with each of you. Hey, Tony, this isn't the guy that, that does the reviews of everyday things from Jeeps. To Burger King, to Hot Dogs, to you on YouTube? Yes, it certainly is. I thought so. He's pretty funny. We should get him. We should definitely have him on the show. We've yep. had a, a little bit of a, of a, of a review that he did uh, for us or that, that he had done about Jeeps that we had mm-hmm. played, but we need to actually get him on the show. Yeah, it'll be interesting to uh, to have him on the show. You know, it's a great idea, and uh, especially this month, since we're going to have so many guest hosts on, oh, uh, it would be, right. that well, would be a good idea. Maybe, uh, a little bit of a tease there for you guys, what's coming up later in the month. I'll have to reach out to him and see if he's available. And um, Facebook, Tyler Rents reviewed the Jeep Talk Show, gave us five stars on August 17th, and he said, great show from Alberta, Canada. Hey. See, even the Canucks know what's yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, don't you know? <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> so uh, also, too, we have this one from uh, Cody Hirschman. Uh, he reviewed the Jeep Talk Show on Facebook, gave us five stars, says, love the show, been listening to over a year now. Uh, it's always something I can count on to entertain me on my way to work. Keep up the good works, folks. Or even work, folks. Or works, folk? I don't know. I work too much. Seriously. <laughs> I need to retire do this full time. <laughs> that, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? That would be fun. Well, hey, guys. Uh, something else that was here, really fun here really recently, was an interview that I did with a guy by the name of Rich Klein. He's the president of Trail Hero. And if you don't know about Trail Hero yet, well, you're about to. We're gonna, we broke down the upcoming event that is literally going to flip the off-road world on its head. This is unlike anything you guys have ever heard of before. This is nuts. This is likely one of the biggest, most highest-profile interviews we've done yet, and you can get this exclusive interview right here on the Jeep Talk Show this month. So look for the bonus download coming up very soon. And Josh doesn't oversell anything. How dare you. <laughs> You got tech questions? Ah, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good, because I think... It's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Well, this one is for the grands. Tired of all that full-time all-wheel drive action, and you wish you could ditch that gas-sucking transfer case for some two-wheel drive action? Well, a transfer case swap is easier than you might think. The MP242 transfer case is a great option for Grand Cherokee owners who have an MP247 or MP249 transfer case, which provide full-time all-wheel drive. Great for winter or wet driving conditions, but not so much for the MPGs. 
Now, there's nothing wrong with the full-time transfer cases. Repairing the viscous coupling in the transfer case when it wears out can get expensive and, well, some of the very early units did not have a true 50 to 50 torque split when in low range. Not ideal for when you're on the rocks or in a deep trail either. The NP242 offers too high, full-time high, part-time high, neutral, and four low, whereas the other cases have no two-wheel drive high selection. The full-time selection of an MP242 is similar than the other cases, and are simpler than the other cases, and uses a mechanism similar to an open differential rather than a viscous coupling. The two-wheel drive option on the uh, MP242 does offer a slight mileage improvement as well, and it also enables smoky burnouts for those <laughs> who have a V8 in their grand. As for what you will need, well, the first step is to acquire the donor case: an MP242 from an XJ Cherokee, a ZJ Grand Cherokee or an MJ Comanche will do just fine. They were used sporadically starting around 1987, depending on what options or trim levels were outfitted, but they were never offered behind the ZJs with a V8. So, you know, don't look there. It should be noted that the MP242 was also used in select Dodge applications, but none of these are available as a good viable swap candidate. They are relatively plentiful in junkyards. For this reason, I recommend trying to find one close to the same year as the Grand that you have. Why? Well, it's more likely to have the correct speedometer drive gear provisions that you'll need, as well as the correct drive shaft configurations. When we're talking about a major drivetrain drive component swap, every step that you can take to make it easier on yourself is, well, time and money well spent. Although they were pretty consistent throughout their production run, there are a couple of key differences you'll need to pay attention to. Most important is the front input gear. While they are all almost all 23 spline, the input gear length can vary, and it's likely going to be different than your V8 Grand. Now, this isn't a big deal, however, because you can swap the input gear from your existing 249 into the 242. They do interchange, but be aware that there may be a difference in the input bearing width that you'll need to address. The procedure requires complete disassembly of both transfer cases to do the swap, but the process isn't as hard as long as you have a good pair of snap ring pliers and, you know, an exploded view of uh, how things are supposed to go together when everything's all said and done. Trust me, guys, it's not that hard, and when I speak from personal experience here, when I say the snap ring pliers that you need, well, don't get the ones from Harbor Freight. They are absolute garbage. They will not work for this job, plain and simply. Now, there were a couple of different rear drive shaft arrangements used on these, so take note of what you have and select a donor that matches. If you can't find one, well, be prepared to have your existing shaft modified or have a custom one built for your needs. The external dimensions of the cases are very similar, so more than likely you won't need to do any drive shaft modifications at all if you get the right donor. All the sensors should bolt right up as well, and even the existing transfer case shift linkage you have can be adjusted to work with the MP242. The trick for this, though, is to just shorten the shift lever arm on the transfer case. Easy peasy. For good measure, you can also swap the shift mechanism and bezel from a 242 equipped ZJ for a correctly labeled range selection and a completely stock-looking swap once you're done. I always recommend this, just for aesthetics, if nothing else. Okay, back to drive shafts. Since you will already be elbow deep into the transfer case, you might consider installing a slip yoke eliminator kit. These are hack and tap kits that are out, available out there, but I, I would recommend going with the Tom Woods custom drive shafts version. Customdriveshafts.com is where you go for that. Offers a very strong kit that includes a bigger output shaft and has provisions for a rear drive shaft with a CV or double carden joint. So more of an investment, the SYE kit is a great choice if you're running a lift kit over four inches or tend to be hard on your Jeep. That's it. Everything else is literally just bolting up the new to the where the old used to be. And oh, do yourself a favor, folks. While in there, take the opportunity to swap out all of your U-joints or even upgrade those weak U-joint straps to U-bolts for a big strength boost. We'll give you some peace of mind and one less thing to worry about. And hey, why not? They're only four bucks on Amazon and the only thing you need to do this upgrade is a 916th drill bit. That's it for swapping out a 247 or 249 transfer case for a 242 and a V8 ZJ Grand Cherokee. Hope this has given you some inspiration to looking into making your Grand a little more friendly on the street and a lot more capable on the trail. And hey Jeepers, let me know if you have a tech question you would like answered here on the Jeep Talk Show. Just shoot me an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com with the subject line Tech Talk. Well, the only thing I would uh, add to that would be, <clears throat> since you're going to be um, elbow deep into it anyway, Spend yeah. 120 bucks and get you a new chain. There you go. And and examine yeah. those input and output gears very carefully. If there's too much wear on them, uh, for 180 bucks you can replace both of them and you won't have the the new chain stretch on you. So uh, I think I actually put three chains in mind before I learned my lesson. 
Yeah, Novak is a, uh, a company you definitely want to put on your uh, bookmarks uh, list on your web browser. Uh, they've got a bunch of stuff for the for all of the Jeep's um, uh, transfer cases, including a full rebuild kit, um, cable shift uh, accessories, things like that. Um, I mean, the, the rebuild kits are about 120 bucks, and it literally literally replaces every bearing and every seal in your transfer case. You add another 50 bucks for a chain on top of that, you're good to go. I just don't like how they name everything with numbers. How do you remember which one you're going to get? I mean, why don't they just uh, call that's, it? That's, what, that's the difference between a Jeep junkie and a uh, Jeep enthusiast. <laughs> oh, no. And them fighting words. Uh -huh. I know. That, was kind of, that didn't come out right. No, I know. I know. It's just like 240. What was I supposed to get? If it's, uh, if it's not a 242, it sucks. That's all you have to remember. I'm trying to start someone with the 231 P. Yeah, I was going to say, you're going to have a lot of 231 <laughs> hate mail here coming real soon. Letters to Tony at Jeep Talk. Right. Or if you want to leave a voicemail, yeah. call 530-675-4102. Just jump over to our website, jeeptalkshow.com, and leave us a message by clicking on the leave voicemail button. Hey, if somebody wanted to give Tony a piece of his of their mind, uh, Make sure you, you guys can spare could actually call in Tuesdays and talk to Tony and Tammy live on the air on the new Jeep Talk Show call-in show. Tuesdays at what time? 8 uh, o'clock central. Yeah. There it is. There 9 it is. Eastern. <laughs> but, it's eight, but it's primarily 8 p.m. central time. <laughs> hey, this is Tony. And I'm Tammy. And this is Josh, and you've reached our 24-7 voicemail line. You guys know what to do, so after beep, leave your message. What's up, guys? This is Kobe from Oregon Trail Off-Road. I updated you guys last Saturday that we had finished uh, the trail, and we'd done some more exploring in the Ozarks and Iowa and stuff, and here we are a week later, and uh, we are about four hours away from Oregon City. The last uh, seven days, my wife, Jason's wife, and Jason's parents, have been uh, trekking with us back from Independence, Missouri. We spent a couple days in Colorado and explored some cool places and uh, ended up going to Moab, um, did the Fins and Things Trail, which was awesome. That was our first time to Moab. And uh, so it was more just kind of basic camping with the families in their RV, but we definitely did some wheeling and put a lot of, a lot of miles in. It's a uh, very crazy feeling to know that we're done with the trip. And... Uh, now it's back to the drawing board. We have another, uh, well, we're not done. Let's put it that way. I'm not going to reveal what the secret is, but we have another big expedition planned for either two or three years, depending on the logistics. Once we get back to the drawing board and start figuring it out, um, we'll start to reveal that stuff. But anyway, it's been an excellent trip. We've learned a lot as a team. We've grown a lot as individuals. Uh, we want to thank you guys and everyone out there that's listening that supported us or that came up to us on the road and said hi or whatever the case is. Um, thanks to you guys for being part of this and sharing our story through the uh, podcast. We really appreciate that, and we look forward to maybe getting together with you guys uh, down the road and doing a more uh, verbal uh, coverage of you know me and Jason or Wilkie or someone and uh, going over everything. So uh, anyway, that's it. We've completed what we set out to do, and it's been better than we expected and different than we expected at the same time. So we're stoked. But the uh, we've been bit by the bugs, so like I said, we're definitely not done. Have a good one, guys. That's that great. is way cool. I, I am just yep. I got goosebumps over here because I'm I'm just stoked for these guys. I am so proud of them, and and just from my backyard right here. Uh, and I'm definitely going to be having the guys back here in studio. We will do a interview, uh, maybe even a video interview if I can uh, set things up right. But we will have Oregon Trail Off Road back in studio here very soon. I'm gonna let the guys get home. You know, nice hot shower, one of those things. Let the dust settle. Let get the vehicles unloaded and washed off before I start bugging them. But yeah, Oregon Trail Off-Road will be back on the Jeep Talk Show here in the very near future to get a full recap of the whole backtracking of the Oregon uh, or the Oregon Lewis and Clark Trail. Uh, so really looking forward to that. And uh, guys, if you're listening, congratulations and welcome home. Also, too, uh, Josh has said back in the studio because uh, we have new, new viewers and listeners all the time. You may not be aware that there are, uh, what is it, two interviews? I think there was like, uh, the first one was in two right. segments. So if you go back into the, the past catalog of the Jeep Talk Show, just a couple of months, you will see uh, the Oregon Trail off-road interviews. They were bonus downloads. So if you haven't listened to that, you got to listen to those 
before uh, Josh does this uh, Ooh, yeah. update. So you'll be we'll fully check those out. You'll be lost if not fully invested into the story. Oh, you you do a good interview. I, I'm sure that it would work, provide as a standalone, but I think it'll be more fun if they have listened to the past ones. All right, so uh, Mike from New Jersey uh, called us last week, and uh, we corrected him on his 2006 JK, uh, or JKU, I can't recall what it was. Don't ever correct me on the air. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but Mike is, uh, is back to offer correction on the year of the, his JK. Hey, guys, it's uh, Mike from New Jersey again. I uh, just wanted to call back in. I really appreciate the feedback and um, got some great ideas. I guess I must have misspoke. I have a 2016 JKU for anybody who was thinking I didn't know what I was talking about there. <laughs> I, I misspoke. It's a 2016, but a brand new up the lot, about 13 miles off of it. And, uh, Sammy, I want to apologize. I uh, took a look at your blog, and those aux beam headlights are going to be the way to go. I, I think that's a much better look, and, uh, and the price is right. So uh, I definitely think I'm going to be going that direction. Um, I love the feature you guys are doing uh, with the Oregon Trail, guys. I think that's a, a really cool story to tell. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to the documentary. I got a question, uh, one more question again. So I'm uh, kind of prepping my Jeep for lockers uh, eventually down the road. And my question is this. When I do that, right now stock has got the 3.21 uh, rear in it, and I'm just uh, betting that I'm going to need to upgrade. I didn't know if I should upgrade to 410 or 373 or what, uh, you know, 45, I think is the, the you know, the bigger one. I, I don't know what's best, and just looking for some direction there. Or even if I have to upgrade at all for the lockers, I don't know. Um, what do you guys think? Again, great, great job on the show, and I'm having fun listening through all the back catalog. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Well, we appreciate that. Tammy, yep. now I know we talked to you about this whenever you were going to be going to your 35s, and I think you got some advice from some folks uh, with, with JKs. Um, what, did, uh, what did they tell you about uh, uh, increasing your tire size as far as gears go and your differentials? Do you recall? Um, well, was, he was talking about the lockers, right? Well, he's talking about changing out the gears, uh, the differential gears right. at the same time as putting the lockers in. Which right. is the right time to do it? Otherwise, otherwise you wind up taking it in and right. out twice and paying somebody twice or doing it twice. Um, all I can say is, I, I don't remember when everyone told me, but right now I have, you know, first of all, he just needs to upgrade to a Rubicon. That's the easiest thing. <laughs> well, and I think for no, thirty bucks you can buy the uh, the right. letters. No, um, <laughs> my uh, gear ratio is four. How would you say it? Four to ten. Four ten. Four ten. Yeah. Four tens. Um, so I think he should do that. So you, you're running 35 inch tires and four tens. Cause okay. that's what came yep. in the Rubicon was the four tens. Right. So yes. if, if he's running, I think he said, uh, 3.1. 321. Did you say 321? Yeah. Well, some of them are 321. My Sahara was 373. Okay. So, um, it just depends. Some of the Saharas are 321s too. Now, if you want to be hardcore, well, I guess you could go to five something, <laughs> but oh, yeah. uh, you might consider, uh, depending on how much, uh, and, and do some research on this. Now, this is what I went with with my Cherokee, and your JKU is going to be a little different. Uh, I went with 456s in mine, and 456s are very nice and would be perfect in the Cherokee for 35-inch tires, and, uh, and I kind of felt I was going to be going to 35s eventually. And since I don't want to be changing out the differential gears a bunch of times, uh, instead of going to 410s for the 33-inch tires, I went to 456s, but still the 33-inch tires. So it's a bit snappy on takeoff. <laughs> no, I know the people who have the 37-inch um, tires, they run the, what did you say, the 5, is it 521? they are, 5-something. 513 is the next yes, level, 488. So it really, I mean, we're, we're in like the 410 or 411 range. There is a 427 gear ratio out there, but it's extremely hard to come by and not available for all, for all uh, differentials. Um, the most common is 456. That puts you in the sweet spot right at factory range if for a 34, 35-inch tire. Um, you will have great crawling ratio. Um, uh, however, if you are using 456 gears 
on a 31 or 32 inch tire. Uh, very, very snappy. But if you want great gas mileage, well, uh, the 456s uh, will be great on a 38 or 39 inch tire. But um, it, really, it really comes down to what tire size you're going to be running and what type of wheeling do you do. Do you want great gas mileage or do you want as close to the factory ratio as you can get or do you want more power? And so really it, you, you kind of end up in a, in a good, better, best or, you know, it, it, there's three differences and they're all very different. You know, better gas mileage, more power or near factory ratio. And so really the best thing to do would be to consult the charts out there. Mm -hmm. And there are many, many charts available online and in many, many sites um, just do a Google search. There are many that have been posted over on xjtalk.com or wranglertalk.com. And um, that will help you dial in really what gear ratio you should be running for what kind of driving that you're doing and, more importantly, what size tires you have. Yeah, great information. It's a lot of fun, too. It's a lot of fun to drive when you change the uh, the differentials out. Oh, yeah. It's uh, part of the fun of uh, building a Jeep, Tammy. I'm still building. <laughs> Hey boys, I'm Clyde and this is Tommy from the Roadhouse. You're listening to the Jeep Talk Show. Cheers! Okay, this is the point in the show where I say this is something we look forward to each and every week, but <laughs> after Tuesday, I'm just not so sure I'm looking forward to hearing from Nikki G. You oh know, boy. he likes that other kind of Jeep yeah, color. He likes red because he has a red one. He knows. <laughs> From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, the passenger side seatbelt on my Jeep is not retracting very well. And I remember from the last time I tried to clean and repair the driver's side seatbelt, and uh, it didn't work out too well. That it's under tension. When you take the cover off, it uh, spring pops out like a jack in a box. Uh, the child's toy not the delicious hamburger restaurant <laughs> and uh so i decided to go to the junkyard and see what they had there and i found one that was in very good shape and uh, when i was removing it i kind of just poked my hand with a screwdriver a little bit and got a little bit of blood on it <laughs> and uh when i was checking out i asked the cashier i said do i get a discount on it since it's obviously defective and didn't keep the last passenger safe and I pretty much got the look that Tammy's giving right now. <laughs> but uh, while I was there, I bought an overhead console for a friend of mine who's building a Jeep. And uh, he, he didn't want it, so I returned it. And when I was returning it, the guy asked me, he goes, Does it, is it broken? I said, no, it, it's fine. He goes, well, did it not fit? I said, no, it fit, fit perfect. And he goes, well, what's wrong with it? I said, well, it's haunted by the ghost of the previous owner. <laughs> And all the moaning and groaning and rattling and chains is very distracting as I'm driving. Mm -hmm. So I just ordered a Spectre-free one from O'Reilly's. And, uh, yeah, pick and pull is now on the <laughs> list of places I'm not allowed to go to. All right, guys and girls, I'll chat you later. And you have a good one. Oh, boy, they give you a hard time about returning stuff at, at, at pick apart, pick up all, whatever it is. <laughs> I'm sure that list is long. Yeah, well, of the places that he's been banned from. I would, I would. Is think that really the name of the place? It's pick, pick and pull is a chain there. I think they're owned by LKQ Auto Parts. It's a uh, national conglomeration. Never heard of them. Try to keep it simple to keep the get the people in. So uh, <laughs> reading is not the the big thing you want at a, uh, a junkyard. You just need to go and get the part, get back to what what you're doing. Yep. Well, thanks for calling in, Nikki G. We appreciate that. And oh yeah, uh, thanks haunted, a lot. A haunted console. That's that's a good uh, <laughs> that's a good response. Uh, anyway, let's get over to uh, must-have stuff for your Jeep. Yeah. Like every uh, so often, we go ahead and pick out a few items out of the Jeep world that are really special, really stand out above anything else. And and well, this week I've a. Uh, I've got something here. It's from um, ORO, and they got the light box. And this is for the Wrangler JK Flasher Fix. And pretty much, if this is the solution to keeping the flashers working properly. And in order to do that, you need to keep the load of the turn signal bulb in the circuit. And I, I know this is getting into a lot of Greek <laughs> for a lot of people here, but so I'm not going to go into too much detail. But Sounds like a load. Basically, you get some aluminum boxes, and they allow you to unplug the taillight bulb from the socket from the stock taillight and attach it to the light box opening. This will hold the bulb away from the wiring and other things inside the fender while allowing the bulb to operate normally. 
Now, having the old standard filament style bulb in the circuit while you are running LEDs everywhere else, well, this is going to provide enough resistance that the flasher doesn't know any better and will flash at the regular rate. This solves that whole fast flash problem. Simply wire your LED tail lights in the harness between the bulb socket and the OEM connector for the tail light harness and you're done. So easy, you could even do it on your lunch break. These things run for about 29 bucks. You can get them um, over at offroadonly.com. Hmm. Interesting. So you don't actually see the light. It's in a box. No. It's in a little box. It's hidden. It's tucked out of the way. It's it's not going to get hot and burn any carpet or any any uh, wiring uh-huh. or anything like that. But it's still in the circuit so that the flasher relay sees the resistance of that filament bulb and doesn't think that it doesn't have any well, load thinks, on it and will flash like at a regular rate. Yeah, I think so. It's burn out the way flashers flash quickly. Whenever you, you have a, a, right. a bulb burn out, the resistance goes away. I'm just surprised that... Uh, I'm just surprised at that. I mean, why well, went a different direction? I actually bought a LED uh, flasher relay, and it costs. Yeah, they do make they 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 do make LED specific ones, and they even make adjustable ones so that you can dial in the Ooh. flash rate yourself if you really want to get tricky with it. That'd be fun. Hey, Tony and Josh, my item I picked for a very special reason, and I just hope I don't cry when I read this. Um, This was posted on my Facebook page the other day. It was posted with a picture of this Jeep accessory, which I'm going to tell you about here in a second. So the person wrote, so Tammy, you were my inspiration here. I needed to drill some holes. That required setting up and using an actual power tool. First time for everything. I figured it out and put them on all by myself. I've watched many of your videos and thought, hmm, if she can do work on her own Jeep, well, so can I. I'm so proud of myself. Thanks for doing what you do, giving other women confidence. Girls rock. So anyway, what she had was similar to the Drake Off-Road Wrangler XT door handle inserts. And they come in the set of five. They're black powder coated with machine accents and a protective clear coat finish. They're easy to install and they include the steel stainless steel hardware. And basically you screw two little holes in your door handle and you set these inserts in there. And these that I found on Amazon were $63. But I also did some research and they have several different styles out there. And I found some that are different colors. They come in (laughs) Uh black, white, beep. And the, the black ones, I think I might be able to paint them of course oh, a little primer a little uh, yep. purple and you get to go i have plenty of spray cans yeah you, you do sure now. do <laughs> <laughs> gotta figure out something to do with them right exactly i, I think i'm so gonna anyway. i think i'm gonna doctor up a uh, photograph of tammy with purple over all around her nose area like she's huffing <laughs> the stuff <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anybody seen that mad max movie the, the new one where they uh you know scream out witness and they spray a bunch of silver spray paint in their mouth. Oh, yeah. That's really strange. Yeah, that's really, really strange. <laughs> Couldn't help but think of Tammy ingesting a bunch of purple paint just then. Well, that's great. That's interesting. So, uh, well, that will be, you know, you're going to really have an accented Jeep when you're done. If, look, if aside, you're done. aside from that, look, I think we're missing the, the bigger picture here. Uh, Tammy is is really she's giving all of this power to all these people out there to start doing modifications on their own Jeeps to make them their own. Mm-hmm. She is, she is just, I mean, come on. The, the empowering tone to that whole story was awesome. So I just wanted to make sure that we highlight that because the door handles themselves, that's cool and everything. But the fact that Tammy is inspiring these other people to get out there and start doing stuff on their Jeeps and doing things that they wouldn't have ordinarily done exactly. is really, really something to be said. Right. And and beyond uh, Tammy just being a, a fun, interesting person with a great blog uh, that you can read and learn a bunch of, bunch of things, we wanted her here on the Jeep Talk Show because of that, because she was working on her Jeep herself. She's nervous. She's concerned about, am I going to break this? Am I going to do it right? But she forges ahead. And I don't know if any man's told you this or not, but that's the same thing men go through. <laughs> but uh, due to peer pressure or, damn it, we just want it done and don't want to pay for it, we do it. And that's the same thing women can do. And uh, I've got a wife and two daughters, and I like the idea of showing them how to do things because um, there are differences between male and female, but there certainly shouldn't be any differences as far as the Jeeps go. 
because everybody can enjoy them. Every, all women love Wranglers, uh, I, whether they're, they're truthful about it or not. They love the Wranglers. They love uh, taking off their tops, and sometimes they take off the top of the Jeep. So there you go. Well, and we'd like to thank you guys for doing a little something for us as well. We have a survey over at jeeptalkshow.com slash survey. If you could, please head over there right now, jeeptalkshow.com slash survey, and take a moment to take that survey and, well, give us some feedback. We very much would appreciate it. Very valuable information there. Help us out, jeeptalkshow.com slash survey. This is basically your basic sales stuff. Uh, you know, what's your age range, uh, blah, 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 blah. You've, you've seen it many times before. Uh, the cool thing is, is that uh, after a few weeks of this, we can contact Libsyn and they will give us back the information and uh, we'll share that information with you. I think you'd probably like to know what types of people, age range, male, female, et cetera, percentages, yeah. uh, listen to the show. So take the time, do that. If you can't remember, jeeptalkshow.com. And please, we, we need this data because we have Nikki G just endlessly <laughs> putting in one after the other and we really need a little bit larger of a cross-section of a demographic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we, just, just saying. Just saying. Uh, I think that's why we added how much tinfoil do you use a month uh, <laughs> yeah. because of Nikki G. But uh, if you can't remember, go into jeeptalkshow.com slash survey. Just uh, go over to jeeptalkshow.com and you'll see a, uh, a little side panel there that says survey. You can click and take it to the same place. Holy crap. It's not two minutes before the end of the show. <laughs> and, we're, I know, right? and we're here. We're here. Campfire side we it, We'll see what happens when I actually show up for a show. <laughs> yeah, and how come you're not in your Jeep today, Josh? Oh, yeah, no. Well, that's because uh, I've uh, recently been the victim of some catastrophic engine oh. failure, more or less. So sorry. Uh, it's most, most likely a head gasket that is blown uh, and which really pisses me off because of everything that I've done recently and now this. Mm -hmm. So, um, thankfully, it hasn't gone so far to where the I have any oil in the coolant or vice versa. Um, I do, however, have a very strong fuel smell in the oil and, um, and there's a lot of clattering going on as well. So, um, definitely a head gasket. I, I'm, I'm about 98% sure that it's the head gasket that's blown. Um, I, I don't know how much else uh, is has gone on in there. I haven't gotten the head off yet. Um, I'm definitely going to be using this uh, as an excuse to replace the lifters. I most likely will replace the cam, even though I don't want to, which means possibly doing the rings as well. Um, I, I need to do a compression check. Um, first and foremost, that's going to be my very next thing before I do anything else. And that will let me know exactly what kind of condition the cylinders are in and uh, whether or not I'm going to be looking at a full engine swap just to make it easier on myself. Now, there's something else that I have going on as well. I have a spare head sitting in my garage, and it's not the 0331 casting either, so it's, a, it's, a, it's one of the good, stronger castings. Um, but I'm really kind of half-tempted to do a port and polish job on, uh, on this. Maybe more port than polishing, but um, nonetheless, uh, it's something that I've been considering doing with this for a while now. I've got it. I'll get some uh, some chem dye in there uh, to mark the the metal that I need to remove and and get in there and do that. That'll probably be a, a whole nother show's worth of uh, of talking about. But uh, but nonetheless, that's what's on going on in the immediate future uh, is uh, more engine rebuilding. Yay me! So how would the oil? I mean, how would the the fuel get into the oil unless it was going past the rings? Well, the the, the other possibility is um, when the head gasket blows, it, it it basically melts or burns away in between two cylinders, and so as one cylinder is is filling oh. up with um, you know fuel and, and air mixture, um, it is being sucked into another you know chamber during the exhaust stroke, or mm -hmm. you know basically that's where the clattering is coming from. Is is there's a lot of pressure that's being shared between two cylinders that's not oh. supposed to be there. Well, that's good news because I was thinking rod or mains were in the clattering. You well, were that's about. kind of why I. Well, so far the oil that I've that I've pulled um, is clean of of water. I don't see any sparkle in it, which is a good sign. It's just the fuel smell. So there might be an injector issue as well, possibly. I don't know, maybe a vacuum issue as well. One of the things that I've um, that I know is is that if there is a vacuum issue, that um, the the computer will just start making up for that by dumping buckets of gas into the motor. So there's a possibility that that it's just fouled out, and mm -hmm. there's just been too much fuel in those cylinders, um, and it's just not getting burnt. And and then you combine that with the uh, head gasket issue, and 
Well, you're just sucking fuel into the oil. So, so basically, you uh, severely overheated your your uh, motor, and the head probably warped. Uh, that blew out the head gasket, and so so maybe. Well, I don't know if it warped or not because again, there's no there's no coolant in the oil or or vice versa. So it well, it depends on where hot, it depends it, on where it, it blows warped. out, right? What's that again? I'm it sorry? depends on where it blows out, right? It, it really does. Um, thankfully, the water jacket is intact. Uh, and, and so uh, what had happened was is, is when that head gasket blew, the compression of the engine was basically blowing back into, would have been blowing back into the, uh, um, back into the cooling system mm -hmm. and, and was putting all of that compression basically into the overflow bottle. Oh, boy, it'll uh, heat it and up, would be too. spewing you know, forth coolant and everything else at the rate of whatever PSI the engine can generate. So yeah, good times. Yeah, oh, I hate that for you, Josh. I really do. Yeah, I know. It's it's. So I mean, I was really looking forward to um to getting some good uh you know late summer wheeling in. I'm really looking. I had planned a couple of actual snow expedition wheeling trips uh and some snow camping and stuff uh th this winter. That likely isn't going to happen now. So uh, I don't see my Jeep being back on the road anytime in the next six months. Well, well, I'll tell you this. Uh, for about less than $250 and about 20 hours of your time, okay. you, could, you could have the head redone. I mean, port, I mean, not port polished, uh, three angle uh, valve, uh, all the springs checked, cleaned up, very nice, and probably about 20 hours of your time if you don't have any other issues. I was going to rebuild the head myself. The only thing that I can't do is the valve seats themselves. They are a hardened metal that needs to be, I, I believe, you know, machined out and then pressed new in um, using a special technique and tools that I don't have. Mm -hmm. Outside of that, I can do the um, the valves and the springs themselves during you know the installation of all that, as well as the rockers and all that stuff. What I'll probably do is uh, do the rough port and polish myself on the, my spare head take that into a shop and have the um, have the valve seats redone, have it hot tanked the whole nine yards, right. um, and then actually you know, redo all the componentry myself. Um, save myself a little bit of money there well, as check, well. Well, so. check the prices on those things. It might be well worth your time. Yeah, I did. There is one shop that will basically do a, a what was essentially a race rebuild on my head for about $700. Good God. I, th I think Holy I paid $175 for mine. Yeah, I mean, but this not, is that, not that race includes, anything. I mean, that's generally that a bad thing. That includes all of the components. It includes um, hot tanking and um, uh, what where they they uh, they run like an, an X ray through it or something to check for cracks. Magnaflux. Magnaflux. Thank you. Yes. Um, so it, it basically, every single step that can be taken would be taken. This is the Cadillac version of a head rebuild. Oh, yeah, so just, that that huh. that's my high end. If I can get Boy. it done for two fifty. Well, that's my low end, uh, um, you know, one fifty, whatever. And if I've got seven hundred or so up on the high end, then I, you know, I'm probably it? looking who at is a good it. Hesco? Is it Hesco or Edelbrock or somebody? They, they both have aluminum. Uh, uh, there is an heads. aluminum version. Yeah, uh, and, and um, it's less than the seven hundred dollars. <laughs> just I, I'm, I'm, I just I'm a little that. hesitant to go with the with the aluminum one. Well, just it's because, certainly not going to hold up as well as the cast yeah. iron. Yeah, but so, it's a lot less weight means go go yeah. go yeah no i know it'd be a lot faster anyway uh we'll be <laughs> here, here hearing more about that but i'm just telling you if you have the time you could probably get it all taken care of for uh 20 hours worth of work and uh, uh less than 200 bucks so yeah yeah uh, you know finding the spare time to to get oh, that yeah. done and whatnot It'll and be the motivation <laughs> tinkering jobs and stuff too oh no i've got plenty of motivation now to to get that done but uh nonetheless it's definitely um uh, definitely very very uh frustrating yeah so Tammy, let's uh, let's hear what you got. Well, a couple of things. Um, you know how my Jeep just barely fits in my garage, and when I put oh, my top, yeah, I saw that the up, other day. Oh my god, my son was going on and on about E eighty five fuel or something. I don't know, and he's like chit 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 chat 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 chat, and blaming the kid. I know I wasn't paying attention, and we pull in the driveway and jump right in the garage and you hear this big loud noise i'm like oh my god oh my god but it just scraped some white paint on the bars where my soft top lays so that's good but the other night how were you was, able to get it out um I, it just, looked like a fish hook to me <laughs> no yeah we couldn't have backed up people are like just back up really slowly i'm like no i would have really tore it off uh -huh. so we pulled up as far as we could in the garage and put it all the way down 
I was surprised you could fold it. Yeah, so we don't have enough room to to close the that flip flippy bit on the the TJ. Of course, we got a four inch lift on it. No, we folded it down back by the tailgate. Oh, okay. Um, and then I pulled out and then put it back up. Gotcha. So um, we just had to get far enough in front of the the garage door motor right. opener. Okay. Thing, so I thought you were going to be stuck there for the winter. Yeah. Oh my God, that would have sucked. Um. So the other thing is, when my son and I got home um, last week, he walks into the house and he says, Mom, your off-road lights are on. I'm like, oh, geez, I pushed the button back. And so I went out there and they were stuck on. So I could not figure out what the problem was. I thought maybe it was the little button to turn them off and on. Mm-hmm. So I ordered a new wiring harness from um, Extreme Terrain. I took the... The, disconnected the lights from the battery, and once the new wiring harness got there, I like rehooked up the little on-off button, and that didn't seem to do it. So I was like, "Oh my god, what do I do?" So anyway, I figured it out. It was the relay was bad. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I did not exactly think that what was, happened to me. <laughs> I, I did not think that would be it. I thought you had a pinched wire somewhere. No, that's what I thought because. Where I have the wires where they um, connect with the on-off button. I don't know what you call that switch. Yeah, switch. Um, they're all up in the passenger side, up where your feet go. Mm-hmm. And my son is a wiggle worm, and I thought maybe he, <laughs> you know, did something. They're underneath the carpet and everything, but I thought maybe he did something to him. But it was um, a bad relay. So what I learned is the first thing I should have checked was the fuse. Mm-hmm. And then the relay, and then I should have checked the wires. Well, the fuse so. is uh, the fuse probably wouldn't be a problem because the lights were on, right? So power okay. would be going through the fuse. So the 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 relay, because uh, that's an easy thing to check, and then the wiring, right? But so. now, but now you got a new harness. You know what that means, Tammy? You need another set of lights. And now I can get more lights. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. I could put. I've seen them where they have, you know, they're on the A pillars now where there's another one right on top of the other two. They have dual right. mm-hmm. lights. So Yeah, little uh, little external speakers and uh, some finger action. You can go disco, especially yeah. if you put some colored lenses <laughs> over it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I go off-roading at night so often. Oh, well, this, nah, this would right. just be outside in front of the, uh, you can put yeah. the wiggle worm to work in front of the Jeep and have them dance right. there in front of the uh, the garage door. <laughs> All righty. Well, that's it for uh, <laughs> Camp Fireside Chat, and uh, let's get over to some uh, wheelie wear. Yeah, this is where we're going to talk about really quick what events are coming up in your neck of the woods and around the nation. We have the 18th annual Sand Sports Show coming up September 16th through the 18th. It's a whole weekend-long event. It's happening at the OC Fair and Event Center in Costa Mesa, California. For more information, head over to sandsportsupershow.com, guys, and you can get a chance to win a 2016 Polaris Razor XP Turbo EPS all decked out by Ride Now Power Sports and Dragonfire. There's going to be vendors, food, music, and a stadium super truck show going on as well, guys. So make sure you check it out, sandsportssupershow.com. We also have the third round of the NorCal Rock Race happening September 24th in Rancho Cordova, California, happening at the Prairie City SVRA. For more information, head over to norcalrockracing.com. That's no no norcalrockracing.com <laughs> guys norcal rock racing is the most extreme side by side high speed rock racing in the west coast this is the only open wheel rock racing that you can see literally 90% of the track from all the spectator areas it's wow. family friendly event with food from awesome local vendors and snow cones for the kiddies racing vendors are going to be on site as well to provide products and tech service once again guys check it out norcalrockracing.com mm, snow cones that's almost as good as uh uh, cookies. <laughs> mm. We'll hear more about that in a second. Hey, uh, did you know that Jeep Talk Show is an audio podcast as well? If you're watching us on YouTube, we want you to know that the Jeep Talk Show is also available in audio-only format. Great to listen to while commuting or commuting uh, or while working on your Jeep. Subscribe via iTunes, tune in, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, and now iHeartRadio. That's right. Speaking of subscribing, you can now subscribe with your money. Joy. Yes, you can contribute directly to the show via PayPal. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com and look for the orange button that says subscribe, uh, and you can select 25 cents a week up to $1. Your account will be charged weekly, canceled at any time. Even if you don't subscribe, we really, really appreciate you taking the time to listen to the show. 
And did you know you can take up to four days for your favorite podcast episode to show up on iTunes? I it's true. iTunes that. is a great free service. And we appreciate Apple for all their hard work, but we want our listeners to get the Jeep Talk Show as quickly as possible. That's why we are recommending that all of you iTunes users out there subscribe to our podcast. No multi-day delay. You'll get the newest episode so much quicker. Open up iTunes, search for Jeep Talk Show, and hit that subscribe button. Never miss a great, funny, and informative podcast ever again. Did you guys know we're on YouTube? Well, we only talk about it every 2.5 seconds, so probably not. Just go over to YouTube.com slash Jeep Talk Show and be sure to subscribe. Every 100 subscribers, we get a cookie. Hey, folks, and join the Jeep Talk Show team. We're looking for volunteers to help manage our vast social media presence on the web. You can be the Jeep Talk Show's social media voice. Send an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com to find out more information. And hey, we'd love to give your guys' Jeep Club a shout out. Send us an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. Let me know who you are, where you're from, and a link to your club site, and we'll give you a shout out here on the show. That's it for this week, guys. Wherever you're wheeling, if you pack it in, make sure you pack it out. Let's leave our outdoor recreation spots in as good, if not better condition than they were when we arrived. Remember to always tread lightly, stand designated trails, and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. Like to learn more about the tread lightly principles and how you can help keep our trails and public lands open for off-road use, head over to www.treadlightly.org. I got to read that last week. I was so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, guys, and for more information on me and what I'm doing here on the side, make sure you go check out thevoiceofjosh.com. You guys have a great Jeep week. See you later. (laughs) Bye-bye. Never leave us again, Josh. I know. (laughs) Sorry, guys. We missed you. Tammy missed you.